All right, Brad. What a game. <laughs> wow. You wow. have to like wake up in about seven hours for work here. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna get this thing done. We're gonna get no, in. We're gonna get out. Good. It's all good. We'll uh I mean if there's people hanging out and they want to rap a little bit too, we'll stay, man. Cause that was uh <laughs> that I mean in in even in 10, 12, and 14, we didn't get games like that. We didn't get one nothing games no. where, you know, you played in a hurricane and actually, you know what? You know, we might have got one. No, me, that's, I'm going to look at I'm going to look okay. this up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check that out because 2010. I mean, that was insane. S. Tim Lincecum. What was that? I got a. Remember, don't you remember? Um, it was there. game one of uh, 2010 NLDS. Yeah, I think the Giants scored once, and then Lincecum, Lincecum went the whole way, and so I think that wow. was the one okay. nothing game. He had like fourteen strikeouts. That's right. I mean, he dominated, but but that one always felt more in control. Because yeah, because we had Lincecum was yeah, and he was dominating, and and you always felt like well, this this uh, offense will come up with another run or two, maybe. Uh, but with Lincecum pitching the way he was, but tonight it was always that Dodger mystique. Uh, you're in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, Linscom was at home. Yeah, but tonight the crowd was. I didn't, I never felt like they were really into this game. I, I because, and I have to say, it had something to do with the weather. That wind I saw in the post game. They talked about uh, Longoria said the wind really knocked down the noise, but not even so much that. I was in um, Disneyland last week and Monday night, all of a sudden it started to hail and rain. Mm -hmm. People ran like it was the apocalypse <laughs> and, and they were running for just running out of Disneyland. Just get me the hell out of here. It was touching the waters, touching my skin. I got to go. So in Los Angeles, I feel, feel like that wind kicked up. They said they'd never seen anything like that before. The wind kicked up. And I think that just kind of shut everybody up. Everybody was in shock. Nobody wanted to be sitting there in the wind. <laughs> It was a little bit of an ode to Candlestick Park out there tonight. Yeah, I like that. That was great. I like how Webb said that in the middle of the game. And said, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, we're used to this wind in San Francisco. So this Chris is, Bryant, uh, too, right? Playing in Chicago. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that, that's fantastic. Here's a that last uh, that last launch by Lux that had us all, you know, clenching the nether regions you, you thought it was out i thought i it was thought out. it was i was, I was <laughs> sure it was out well and here's to tell you why uh jeff passan um who is a writer for espn mlb insider uh also writes for espn.com he tweeted that gavin lux hit the final pitch of the game 106.9 miles per hour and had a 22 degree launch angle Batters this season on balls hit 106 to 107 miles per hour and at a 22-degree launch angle were 55 for 62 with 38 home runs. The Dodgers had four such hits this year. All were homers. So that, I mean, that's all it was. He hit it into the hurricane. And when you hit it into yeah. that hurricane, it knocked it down. And of course, you know, Duggar was scaring us a little bit tonight uh, with his routes on the ball. The wind was a bit much for him out there. But you know what? Yeah. I was so thankful he was out there yeah, yeah. rather than Bryant. 
right? Because that's yeah, Bryant would have probably been in in hell trying to field the because he's not a you know he's not a normal everyday outfielder. Yeah, uh, but that that was that was the right move. That was a brilliant move to have your best defense out there in this game. And maybe I don't know if they sacrificed any offense because they had they wanted to stack lefties against Scherzer, but he was pretty much unhittable tonight. Yeah, um, I, I don't think they could have. I, I don't really think they sacrificed anything. No, um, you know, offensively, because I think, like you said, they knew it had to be the best defensive team out there. But this team is so deep from top to bottom, you can kind of play with the pieces. And I think your offense is always going to be somewhat the same. Yeah. Um, but your defense is always going to get pumped up just a little bit. So the, there was a comment when Solano made that little twirling play. Um, my buddy texted me and he was like, of course he makes that play. And I was like, but you have to look at it this way. The reason he's got to go to his knees and do the twirly thing is because he's not a good defensive player. No. Um, any you know, a, a good defensive player gets to the ball on his feet and makes a nice easy play. Solano's got to go to his knees. But I mean, you, you want to talk about whether whether this means anything or not, baseball can either be luck or it can be the Giants studied the Dodgers hitters so much that Brandon Crawford was in the exact same right per, uh, pl- place that he needed to be to snag Mookie Betts' line drive. Yeah, Whatever it is, whether that's luck, whether that's great positioning, I, I don't really know. And, I, and I, you know, Dodgers fans will say it's luck. Giants fans may say, oh, yeah, it might, might be also good positioning because they position the outfielders very well on some of those fly balls too. But whatever it was, it was just like this perfect – gumbo of you know plays that they made late in the game defensively all the way to the end because so you know that that ball that we all thought was going out you know i'm sure camilo and and buster thought it was out (laughs) and then you see duggar like this is why i tell people when you watch baseball especially when you watch baseball live don't react to the ball in the air watch the outfielder who's going to catch it yeah because if i if i was at the if i was at the the park I could have watched Duggar the entire time and go, oh, he's fine. But because we only get one view on the TV, like it was like, oh, that, that, that ball's out. We're, you know, this is a tie game. And, but, uh, you know, we're going to have Alvarez come in or something. Yeah. But, but, but the way that ball was knocked down, Duggar actually turned his back to home plate and was going after that ball. And at one point he started looking up and then he turned his head around and then started to square up and start to come back. And I thought, Oh my God. He, so he took, you know, a, a hard route to the ball going deep on that one. Cause again, I think he thought that one was out yeah. the way it was hit, the way it came off the bat. I mean, he's played center field for so long. He knows that. Yes. Um, but it took that it took that last second turn for me to go. Oh, okay, I think we're good. Now, my question for you though on that mm-hmm. Duval Duval goes, you know, the two innings, and we're going um, back and forth, going like, oh my god, what's Kapler yeah. going to do? <laughs> yeah. You're thinking like, oh, maybe Harleen comes in, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I wish Johnny Cueto was on this yes, roster. <laughs> exactly. But my question for you on that with Duval going the two innings and him giving up that hit that that shot right there at the end does that and, and that's probably out even at AT&T at Oracle Park mm-hmm. does that take anything away from his performance for you no no y- you know what i think it was he missed the the oo pitch yeah if he throws the oo pitch where he needs to throw it 
then you can start messing with the slider, even to the lefty. Like, you know, you don't necessarily like to throw sliders because sometimes they can dive in and low and in, and that might be the better pitch for them to hit out. But I think once he went 1-0, Lux just sat. He's like, I got one yeah. shot here, and this is yeah. going to be it. And he he did it. Like, he put he put great wood on that baseball. Let's get back to this. We're going to play the yep. intro. We're going to come back. We're going to do a quick recap, and then we'll talk about tomorrow's game. Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant. So if we go to the very beginning of this game, when you saw, well, I, I would say the first inning, Max Scherzer, he looked a little shaky. He didn't look mm-hmm. like he was going to be as on fire as he was as we got through the, the rest of this game. I would say by the time he got to the sixth inning, sixth, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, I was like, okay, the Giants are kind of on him. Through four innings, he had eight Ks. He only had two more for the next three innings. And that like they hit some balls that got knocked down by the wind a little bit. Uh, in, I think it was in the sixth inning. But Scherzer was so dominant, and it was one of those games I told you before uh, before this game started, I said, and even on the last podcast, I said, a little bit of like a Zito versus Verlander 2012 game one of the World Series feeling for me because I remember I went to that game, and I remember just the feeling of that game was all of the national broadcasters are saying, Tigers are going to win game one and then they're just going to run away with this thing. And people in that park were like, there's no way. Like, even if it doesn't make any sense on paper, we're going to find a way to win this game. That's what the that's what the park felt. And then Pablo just goes nuts and hits three jacks. And I was telling you, like, who's going to be our Pablo? Well, our Pablo was Evan Longoria. Yeah. Who looked terrible. Right. I, I got to see him late in the season. We went to uh, the second to last uh, third to last game of the season uh, against the, the the Padres. And I, we, I sat like right behind home plate, but pretty elevated. And the thing that I noticed about him, one, his bat was slow. And what right. happens when your bat is slow is that you start cheating a little bit. And when you cheat, you're sort of guessing and he's pulling off a little bit because he's trying to turn on that fastball and he wasn't catching up to it. And I was just like, oh, no, this is not good because he was lights out earlier in the season and then he got hurt and he came back and he wasn't playing well. And so game one and game two, I was like, God, that that swing is still a little it's a little long and it's it's a little slow. And I I think I don't know if it was Darling. It might have been Darling who mentions that in his first at bat. He's like Longoria's bat slow. And then what happens when your bat's slow is on the off-speed stuff. You try to speed up, and then you're too too out in front of the off-speed, and you can't catch up to the to the fastball. And that's what I saw in that game against the Padres. Lo and behold, this old dude, 35 years of age, Evan Longoria, comes up and just juices that ball. I, I don't know how far it went, um, but it got through whatever wind there was, right? Because yeah. you know, that that's that's the area that, that was knocking the baseball down all, all game long. And like it was just like, wow, this is that this was my feeling. Like they're just gonna figure out a way 
to win this ball game. Very similar to that 2012 World Series game. Like, it doesn't make any sense. We should lose this game. Alex Wood is just <laughs> trying to craft his way into a good start, which he did. I don't know if you were comfortable the entire time watching him. I sure wasn't. But he he yeah. he got his way through it. Like he sucked it up and he just pitched his butt off as much as he could. And like it's just one of those games where it's just like I'm I'm watching it going like they're gonna find a way, they're gonna find a way, they're gonna find a way. And at all the way through the but all the way through to the end of the game, you're just like holding your breath the entire time. I felt good with wood for about two or three batters every now and then. Oh, he's kind of cruising along, and all of a sudden he's all over the place. Um, but he did, he only walked what two batters, I think, one or two batters. I don't know if you have the box up there. I haven't. I, I didn't I'll even have a chance to look yeah, at the box. I got it. My, he he had two walks, yeah. four strikeouts. Two walks. Okay. So I mean, he, he you know, but he was getting a little squirrely there with the with uh, you know, kind of trying to nibble the edges and uh, you know, nibble the corners and was just coming way off the plate. And you know, this umpire, I, um, can't remember who was, what his name was, but Ted, uh, what was his name? Ted Barrett. Yeah. Ted Barrett. So Ted Barrett was giving the inside part of the plate to right-handed batters, um, and the outside part of the plate to left-handed batters and low, he wasn't given anything high. Uh, and Scherzer really used that to his advantage, which is great. That's what a great pitcher does. He'll oh, use yeah. that to his advantage. Um, especially with that cutter, uh, because you have that cutter that starts out, looks like it's going to just bite the outside corner of the plate and takes that little tail just a little bit, you know, three, four inches off the plate uh, inside the right-handed batters and uh, especially uh, outside the left-handed batters, that's where the umpire was really calling them. Um, and I think Wood was uh, – the problem with Wood being a left-hander is he couldn't do that because, uh, you know, the umpire liked that part of the plate. And as a left-hander, you've got to cross the plate to yeah. get there. Um, it, it's a harder pitch to try to 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 – to pinpoint that much off of the plate. Um, so he really was working with the other side of the plate and not getting those calls, mm -hmm. um, which made it a little bit of a tougher night for him. Uh, he got a couple of low pitches, but he's not, you know, he's not a low ball type of pitcher, even though he is a ground ball pitcher. Um, he doesn't live down there. He's, trying to live up a little bit higher this mm -hmm. year. Uh, and, and he did that and he was successful with some of the high uh, fastballs. Um, not, I mean, but Scherzer, man, throwing 95, 96 up in the zone. Uh, the Giants were having a really, really hard time with that uh, early in the game. And as we said too, uh, you and I were talking, you know, Scherzer had some good stuff that was uh, dropping off the the bottom of the the zone. But later on in the game, all of that stuff was starting to come up. And oh, we, yeah. Okay, here's our chance to score some runs. It, it just never happened, uh, which is fine because <laughs> you can still win yeah. by scoring one run yeah. as the Giants did tonight. So. So we were talking about this theme of, of these gamers, uh, the, the idea of the lead. What's the lead uh, of your story here? And I wanted to share my lead. Yeah, yeah. And my lead is actually a meme. And, and let me introduce <laughs> this meme. So I, I've, I've talked about um, when, when Peter was on, when Peter Allen was on, when you were on vacation, Peter mm -hmm. Allen and I met through Twitter. We met through Giants Twitter, like back in the late 20... Uh, the late 2000s, 2008, 2009, there was this like way to use Twitter like community. So we, 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 we just all met each other and we started hanging out, going to ball games all because of Twitter. 
And so one of the old school Twitter people that I used to follow back in the day, uh, her, her at name is uh, Gidget. And uh, she's just very creative, very funny, very witty. And so for the, I don't know how many years it's been now, but she does this thing where we get to like the late inning part of the game <laughs> and she shares this tweet. And I look for it every time because it just <laughs> makes me feel better. I just know that she's there and she's ready and she's watching and I'm watching. So I'm going to share, I'm going to share the screen and, and we'll look at my, uh, my Twitter here uh, that I saved it. So can you see there it is Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. She tweets in the ninth inning of just about every game. The giants are winning. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what we were doing in yes. that inning. Right. We were holding on to our oh, butt yes. because we had a 24 year old kid who'd maybe pitched, I don't know, did he pitch 20 games for us this year? Yeah, if even that, I got to go back and look at his stats for the year. He's got to come in in the eighth inning. He's got to get through the eighth inning. And then we're thinking like, okay, well, who's coming in in the ninth? Like, we're just going to believe in Kapler. He's managing his butt off in these close games. And at some point, I went to you and and you and my kids that were all in the same uh, the same text thread, and I was like, Duvall, two innings? <laughs> and then I saw the tweet from uh, Alex Pavlovich after the Giants batted, or actually during the Giants, uh, the end of their the the top of the ninth, and he's like, there's nobody in the bullpen. It's Duvall. Yeah. Going at it. We, and, yeah, we were trying to figure that out for a while. Like, who's going to pitch the ninth? Is it going to be Duvall? Is he going to go for a six-out save? crazy man so so you know you know you know one thing we were talking about this uh before you went on vacation we were saying you know in previous years like some of the themes of the playoffs and in 2014 it was the bum gardener thing and we're like oh who's gonna be our bum gardener we don't have a bum gardener mm-hmm. little did we know the 24 year old closer <laughs> is gonna be the bum gardener <laughs> he throws two innings and uh, doesn't give up any hits you know, gives up that that really loud out at the end, but right, man. the The only thing that made me feel comfortable about that was the fact that Buster was catching him. That's the only reason I was comfortable. I was like, you know what, Buster's back there. Buster's got it. He's calling the pitches. You know, he's 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 it's, it's either slider or fastball. And I was like looking every time to see his little orange uh, orange fingernails. <laughs> yeah, and so that 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 made me calm a little bit, but it was still. For me, it was still hold on to your butt. And and I don't often watch what the catchers are calling because I, I like to just, you know, I like to guess and then say, okay, you know, here's where I would go. Okay, you set him up here, here, here. I would go high and inside fastball, ways to pitch, but try to get it up a, a little bit higher than normal and this and that. Or I would go, okay, now I go sl- slider outside corner. So I like to guess and not try not to see what the catcher is doing. But, but this ninth inning I was watching because I wanted to know. I wanted to know what was coming. I wanted to know the early reaction from the hitter. Yeah. Uh, you know, were they diving out over the plate? Were they, uh, you know, hands gripping and ready to try to get around on 101. Uh, so that was, that was kind of fun. And Doval, um, just, you know, just so everybody knows, he, he, he pitched 30 innings at Sacramento this year. Um, 
And, and so the total for his career above single A is 30 innings because that's <laughs> that was the season. He, he never uh, pitched above uh, single A ball until the season. And then he pitched, he's pitched in 27 innings uh, for the bigs this year. And then uh, this is his second appearance, right? He pitched on yeah, he Friday pitched game night. one. Yeah, game one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just what a story. I mean, what a what a story. Way to, what a way to end a one nothing ball game with that type of situation because uh, when they went to Tyler Rogers in the fifth, I was thinking, okay, yeah, I mean he can pitch, you know, he he, he can finish off this inning and then pitch the sixth. Yep. Um, then he came out for the seventh. I thought, oh, okay, and then there's Mac Cheese, and then when they, <laughs> you know, before the eighth started, when they're showing Doval uh, warming up, I go. Holy crap! Where are we going from here? I mean, what? Yeah. And then you tweeted out. You go, Duvall's warming up for the eighth. I'm like, uh, okay, racking my brain. I go, well, we can go Duvall, then we can go curving Castro. Yeah. And then you go, well, that's back to back rookies. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, if it's back to back rookies, why didn't they flip that? But again, when you look at who was coming up, it was Turner, Seeger, Turner. Yes. You needed to go to the like there. Yeah, it sounds like a 70s rock band, right? <laughs> Turner, Seeker, Turner. Um, but yeah, you have to go to Duvall because you don't want those guys getting on base. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the two heavy right-handed hitters, both Turners, if they're going to, you know, if he's going to supply the power with 101 miles an hour and they're going to turn on one, you want him hitting it into the wind. Uh, so there were a lot of factors that played in. I mean, Gabe Kapler just you know, absolutely managed a fantastic bullpen game today. Uh, all the kudos to him and and the guys went out there and executed. So, yeah, I wanted to t- talk a little bit about the bullpen because they were sort of the unsung heroes here. You had Tyler Rogers going one and two thirds. He did give up three hits. He gave up two back to back singles that caused them to bring in Mac cheese to get two outs. He did. One of them was a very loud <laughs> and crazy out that I was very sure was going to the wall and we were going to be losing. And Brandon Crawford yes. does his uh, air Jordan impersonation and snags that ball. And then, uh, and then, yeah, you know, the, the, the savior, the young 24-year-old kid who, you know, I saw him early in the season. They played the Diamondbacks, and, and he got he got like he may have gotten he may have even thrown two innings in that game. Yeah. But it was just like mop-up duty because the Giants were up by like six or seven runs or whatever it was. And then I saw it on the the uh the gun, the radar gun. Yeah. 102. I was like, whoa. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> he didn't hit 102 today, but he did get up to 101. So yeah, 100. Uh, but yeah, that's, unt- that's close you know, enough, right? <laughs> that's it's just it's just amazing, you know. When, when you write the story, now look, the Giants are only up two one. Right, they got to beat the Dodgers tomorrow, or they come back on Thursday in San Francisco with Logan Webb. I don't even know if do do we know? I guess it's D D Sclafani, but are they a hundred? They hundred percent sure say that that's the, that's the deal? Is it D Sclafani for sure? You know, I'm looking as we're talking at some different stuff. Um, it says TBA or TBD versus TBD to me. So maybe right. they pulled back on what the deal. Yeah. Is. <laughs> well, and I think a tweet came across a little while ago um, uh, in a post game with Albert Pujols. He was alluding to the fact that it sounds like it's going to be Walker Bueller on, uh, you know, on short rest. Yeah. Um, which would be fine. I mean, the giants tapped him around on, on 
Friday. So that, that, that's good. You know, they have a little confidence in that. They just saw him. He's going on short rest. Um, here it is right here. Bob Nightingale, uh, who uh, writes for USA Today, he just tweeted out that Anthony DiSclefani will pitch game four for the Giants. Dodgers are undecided. There we uh, go. So, yep. So that just came across. Um, yeah. So so Disco in game four. Did he spell um, DiSclefani? That's a tough one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> DiSclefani. If you're trying to get that info out like as quickly as possible, be the first yeah. one. That's just uh, Anthony D. Pitch <laughs> game four. <laughs> Everybody knows, but yeah. So that that and that, and that brings up another uh, point too. We were talking about um, is tomorrow going to be more of a bullpen game? You go disco, and then. Um, I mean, where do you go from there at that point? Or do you want to save all those horses for game five? Um, I mean, the Giants would love to just absolutely close this out tomorrow. So uh, Disco can give them five or six and uh, they still have plenty of arms left. I mean, you've got Harleen Garcia, you've got um, Alvarez, you've got uh, Leon hasn't pitched since Saturday. Um you know, Littell pitched on Saturday. Uh, didn't those, pitch those, today, yeah, those, so. those guys got a little bit of a wake-up call into what mm-hmm. it's like to pitch in, in, in big games. So yeah, uh, let, let's leave those flat sliders in San Francisco. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, Mark Nobita says uh, Doval got ice in his veins. Thanks to absolutely. Mark for listening for the, for, for the podcast only. Yeah, that, that that was a comment that came through from Mark. Mark, um, I'm on I'm on a chat thread with Mark pretty much on a daily basis. Uh, the the chat thread is called "Conduct Detrimental to the Team." <laughs> I like that, Mark. So <laughs> I always I always kid Mark whenever I see him because uh, Mark played high school basketball, and then when we were older, we played uh, like city league basketball, uh-huh. and so there was a moment where. The guy goes to the free throw line and, and uh, the other team, the other player, it's, it's like late in the game and, you know, it's like clutch free throws and Mark walks over to him and he goes, do you ever get lactic acid, acid buildup in your legs? <laughs> <laughs> that is classic. <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark is, Mark is a great, great guy. Great guy. His, his, his daughter graduated from Cal Berkeley, so he's doing something right. Oh, nice. Excellent. Um, all right, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about tomorrow. So yeah. Tuesday, yeah. here. Um, so Clefani against to be determined. We think yeah. it's probably going to be Walker and I, my Dodger mm. buddy who who I've, I've mentioned, uh, Brandon Draven. He said he thinks it's going to be Walker, even though I was like, wait, but they said it's going to be Gonsolin. He's like, yeah, I think it was going to be Gonsolin if we won. But if, but losing, it's got to yeah. be it's got to be Walker, and you got to go with your guy. You got to go with your ace, and he's you know they have three aces technically or mm-hmm. four aces with Kershaw. Kershaw's out, um, but yeah, so the, they're they're showing like you know we got to go and win. Like there's no tomorrow when you're down two one. Yeah. Similarly for the Giants, I mean the Giants may feel a little bit better because they still have the home field advantage. They do have Logan Webb. But again, this Logan Webb's a 24-year-old kid, right? Like, you yeah. know, he threw a great game one. Buster called a great game one. But you want to take advantage when you can and not have to go to that game five because that game five is do or die. 
But at the same time, we've been saying this, like this is going to be a five game series. Like this is just what they do that, you know, these two teams are fantastic. Dodgers, this Dodgers team is the scariest team I've ever seen in all the years of baseball that I've been watching. And, you know, some of that is because some of the other scary teams, like the 86 Mets, the Giants weren't in the playoffs, so we didn't get to see them. Right. But we did see the 86 Astros with Mike Scott scuffing the baseball. Yeah. Right. We saw, I mean, we got beat in the World Series by the 89 A's. We got beat in the World Series by the 2002 Angels. This Dodger team is better than those teams, I think, at least up and down the, the roster. They won 106 games. This is the scariest team I've ever seen. And the Giants are playing, you know, toe to toe with these guys. It's it's amazing. Just just the level of baseball that you get to watch, even if you're not a Giants fan or a Dodgers fan, to see the level of baseball that these teams play is it's it's pretty cool to see. Well, and and the Giants did uh, you know what they needed to do, and that was to steal back home field advantage because you know they had that. Starting the series, the Dodgers uh, took it away from them by splitting in San Francisco. Uh, and then that was the talk after the game with the Dodgers. And so, uh, you know, my my headline for, for tonight is... Yeah, sorry, much, I forgot to ask. No, no, but, but it's generic. It's not as cool as, you know, hold on to your butts. <laughs> That's, I can't beat that. <laughs> it's definitely not hold on to your butts. It is just basically the Giants get defensive. And that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's cliche, but they played an outstanding defensive game and they had to because they only scored one run. So they had to play defense because you can get great pitching, but you're not going to get 27 strikeouts. You're going to get some balls hit into play that you have to make plays on and they're not always going to be routine. So the Giants were defensive, but they also got defensive because as soon as the Dodgers won game two, Everybody said, well, the Dodgers now have home field advantage and they yes. have Max Scherzer in game three. So the Giants are the up against monster. the wall. Exactly. And they were up against the wall and they basically said, okay, well, let's get defensive about this. Uh, we we still beat the Dodgers. We still uh, won the National League West and uh, we still believe in ourselves and we can go out and beat Scherzer. And we said he's beatable. Yes. I mean, w- w- did they trounce him tonight? <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not. This is not one of those games where they just went out and beat the heck out of him. He, he's only he's only beatable when when <laughs> his team scores zero runs for him. That's, that's, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he made, he made one bad pitch, and that was it. And and that's all it takes. Uh, so, so so there was a moment yeah. in the I think it was in the eighth inning, and you know. He, he, We've been watching for so long. You know, we've seen so many players come and go. When the ball's hit to Crawford, you're pretty much you're just like, ah, we got this, right? Yeah, yeah. There have been times when uh, you know the ball's hit in other places, and we're like, oh no, you know yeah. what's going to happen here. <laughs> so, I, Longoria is not quite at Crawford level, but he's at that level where you're like, okay, if Longoria's at third, Crawford's at short, any ball that's hit to that left side of the infield. We're pretty comfortable that the play is going to be made. Yeah. So it was in the eighth inning. I think it was either, I think it was Seeger. He taps one to Longoria, and Longoria like makes this like throw on the run, this casual throw on the run. (laughs) And I'm like, Chris Bryant's at first. He like he's he can't like he doesn't know what to do if the ball's in the dirt. Like this thing, and this is right on the money. No problem. And I'm here. Right. You know, getting all psyched out because Longoria's taking this casual like throw on the run <laughs> off of one foot, and I was like, "Oh, I forget this guy's an amazing defensive baseball player, and this is yeah. just like the back of his hand. He's he knows how to do this." Well, it seemed like tonight everybody made really, really good throws to Chris Bryant. Yeah, they just kind of hit him, you know, 
head to head to chest, keep it in this area. Let's not make him dig something out. And yeah. And again, they just played a fantastic, uh, fantastic defensive game. And, you know, Duggar scared us a couple of times. But but again, that wind, I mean, Kapler even said there was a tweet that just came out. He said he grew up in Southern California, um, used to go to Dodger Stadium all the time and never, ever saw the wind like that. This is the first time he's ever seen it like that. So uh if there's if there's ever a time you believe in the baseball gods and that the baseball gods look down on your team every now and then as a giant fan, I kind of feel like tonight was the <laughs> night. You know what I mean? Like the baseball gods were looking down and they're like, You got you guys are going against Scherzer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's even it up a little bit. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So my last question for you is Man. Disclafani throws tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's 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 thrown deep into games a couple times this season. I, I could, I, I, he may have even finished a game this season, um, but I, uh, I feel. I don't know if you feel this way. He's he's five or six, right? If he's going good, he's going to be five or six. They're going to have to turn it over. If he goes five or six, we may see the same three guys. It may be Rogers, McGee. And Duvall again yeah. on back-to-back days. Now Rogers can throw. Yeah, I think he threw like close to thirty pitches, but he can do that. He you know he throws eighty-two miles an hour. Right. He he can come back fine. I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, Mac Cheese coming off of the injury, the oblique injury. Mm-hmm. We'll see how he if he can bounce back. Duvall's twenty-four. He's got the young arm. Can he bounce back? I don't know how many pitches he actually got up to. I should look this up, but. Um, yeah, I think it was in the 20 range, 20 to 25, I would say. We also still have Kervin Castro, um, you know, another right-hander. Because, again, another – the dangerous part of the Dodgers lineup, mostly right-handed hitters. So that's kind yes. of where, where you have to look. Um, you know, so yeah, – so, but on the left-handed side, you got Harleen Garcia, you got Jose Alvarez. Uh, they didn't get in the game tonight. Joval threw 22 pitches. 22. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, again, Latell and, um, and Leon are the other two that are well-rested right-handers. Um, I, I mean, you know, if it comes down to it, let's say it's a two, one ball game, giants are, are winning two, one in the fifth and they have to yank him. It may be all hands on deck because yeah. I would see Kapler wanting to push, to get this thing over with. Don't even go back to San Francisco with Webb. I mean, you know, like you said, too, he's young. He pitched outstanding on Friday night, game one, but the Dodgers have now seen him a couple of times. Uh, And this is just a few days later. And that, that doesn't always bode well for you. I mean, just because he pitched fantastic in game one doesn't mean he's going to pitch fantastic in game five. It's yeah. They'll have to throw a different game because the Dodgers will know Oh, you know, we just got to wait. He's throwing a lot of change up, so they're going to have to reverse it, and he'll have to pitch a different way. And maybe he goes back to, you know, slider sinker like like he has been most of the season. But it's it's yeah. an interesting chess match, and you know, it's Kapler and and his regime and Dave Roberts and their front office, and uh, you know, the the fact that the Giants ha- have been in this driver's seat all year long is really a testament to their uh, the way that they play baseball because. On paper, they shouldn't be anywhere near these guys, and yet right. they've created this 
environment. They've created this team. They've created these scenarios to put them in uh, in, in very high levels of, of success. So it's it's been amazing to watch. Um, all right, we're gonna let you go to bed. We'll all be right. back. We'll be back tomorrow night. Got, got my robe on already. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> it's, it's thirty. What is it? Thirty-seven degrees outside here in Reno. It's a cold night. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for ju- thanks for jumping in and and doing this. Oh, I love uh, you this. Know, yeah, this is I awesome. Uh, so we'll we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Twenty four hours from now, if I'm yep. drinking scotch, <laughs> is that a good or a bad thing? <laughs> that's a great thing because I save the scotch for the celebrations because that's right. what Kapler has during the All celebration. Right. So go. tonight, tonight was just a little bourbon. Yeah, I just nice I just had a, I, I had a little I had my Jimmy Beam because you know we're yeah. keeping it with the the Giants labeled Jimmy Beam. Nice uh, and a little bit of a Doctor Stevia here. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, so if you see me, we're back here tomorrow night, twenty four hours from out twenty four hours from now, and I'm hitting the scotch. Then uh, you know we're moving on. All right. <laughs> so for Brad, I'm Double G. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for watching us, for those who are watching us, um, and subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff, five-star review, all of those things. We will see you tomorrow night. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.